This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hey, I ordered my first Cameo video. You know the website Cameo? Yeah. You can go online and you can uh, you can book a celebrity to deliver a message to somebody. Yeah, like a happy birthday or something. Uh-huh. I got one of the stars of Borat 2. No. To thank my buddies for coming over for my Borat 2 screening. <laughs> party that we had yeah i had a couple guys over to watch uh watch the new borat movie a couple weekends back when it came out <laughs> and uh janice jones she is the she's the breakout star of borat too she is the babysitter the woman who was hired to babysit <laughs> the actress playing borat's daughter and she yeah. was just such a positive lady giving great advice and uh, I couldn't resist, so this cost me 30 bucks to have her <laughs> record this message for us. Man, I, I gotta say, all these names up here? <laughs> oh. Wow. Well, hi, Colin, John, AJ, Paul, Ty, and Jimmy. <laughs> this is Janice Jones, and I am responding to your question. I understand that you had a party. I hope it went well. You guys had fun. And as far as the film go, um, I wasn't know. I did not know I was making a movie. I thought I was doing a documentary that would be on an educational channel. But the experience was awesome. It's uh, never experienced nothing like that, and I probably won't never experience it again. But I enjoy myself. So you guys have a good day. Thanks, Janice. <laughs> yeah, you wonder, wow. with, with the filming of Borat, you, the big question is, who was in on the joke? She knew, obviously, there was cameras around, but they had told her that it was an educational um, documentary about, I think, like, troubled young women. Mm-hmm. And she was there to mentor Borat's daughter, so they pulled a fast one on her. She only got paid $3,000 or something minimal to be in the movie. Mm -hmm. But since then, Sasha Baron Cohen donated $100,000 to her community through her church, and there's a GoFundMe that's raised over $174,000 U.S., for Janice. Wow. Yeah, she's such a positive person. She touched so many people with... uh, with the way she acted and held herself in Borat 2, that uh, people just wanted to donate. And she's going to be in a movie that she knows she's in now. She has just been cast as God's right-hand angel in a movie called Reincarnated Royal. The film is described as a satirical comedy targeting high-profile figures including self-proclaimed mentors of teenage girls and a certain prime CEO. So this is another, like, hidden camera movie, it sounds like? It sounds like it's just a revenge film to get back (laughs) at Jeff Bezos Ah. for releasing Borat 2 on Amazon Prime two weeks before the election. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Executive produced by Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's not true. <laughs> or is it? Uh-oh. Yeah, it's National Sandwich Day, and you guys love your sandwiches. Casey, what's the best sandwich in your opinion? 
you know, I'm a fan of just the class bologna and butter sandwich. That'll get the job done. <laughs> it takes you back to childhood, right? It's a, it just it's a nostalgia thing. It's a comfort food. Oh, it is. I remember in high school, I'd see kids put ketchup on it, and that was just disgusting. But. <laughs> Did you ever fry the bologna? Oh, yeah. You know what, on grilled cheese? Yeah. Hmm. I would love to see, okay, so a white bread, margarine, and bologna sandwich. Probably the least nutritional sandwich you could probably have, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Nick. Yeah. You want to talk sandwiches? Oh. You guys have, heard, have named some good ones, but I got to say, for my money, it's a Reuben with some Keen's hot mustard on there. Mm. Is that a commonly sold mustard? I'm allergic to mustard, so I wouldn't know. Uh, you can find it pretty much any grocery store, but it's got, you know, not an overpowering mustardy taste, but it's got a little hit like a wasabi almost. A little you know, zip gets, to it. Yeah, get gets those sinuses tingling. Shout out to any grilled cheese sandwich in general. Like, I know that's got uh, some deli meats on it, the Reuben, but any grilled cheese sandwich, also amazing. Yeah, grilled cheese is a classic. You kind of forget it's a sandwich, right? Because it's, it's so simple. It's like a food group to me. It's just the cheese, and it almost becomes one entity. It's no longer two pieces of bread with something in between. It's all, it's all <laughs> one thing. Like a pizza, almost. Right. Yeah, or a panzerotti. Some text messages coming in here, Jim. Uh, people pretty passionate. Where's the shout-out for the Reuben, guys? Okay, there, we, we just, just had got it. one, yeah. yeah. Hello, Montreal Smoked Meat from Scott. Uh, if I were to say, if I had one last choice for one last meal before I die, it would be an Italian deli sandwich on a bun. Uh, a proper pastrami on rye is underrated. Mm. Uh, roast beef, real cheddar, horse radish, mayo, honey oh. mustard, sliced sweet pickle. Perfect sandwich. And how about this one? My favorite sandwich is two pieces of peanut butter toast with eggs, bacon, hash browns, and ketchup. Well, breakfast, Sandy. <laughs> I ordered a great breakfast sandwich. I was at Tim's the other day, and I got a ham sandwich on an everything bagel, but I added an egg to it. Is that legal? Oh, they did it. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, it was a game changer for sure. So they added, like, the, the flat egg? You got the round yeah, egg on yeah, there. You that's got awesome. you got the full portion of ham, not just one little slice. Mm-hmm. Ham sandwich, add egg. Give Ooh. it a try this morning. Hey, it's Taz and Jim. Hey guys, how are you? Good. What's going on? Oh, nothing. Just calling to say I love sandwiches too. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> they are the best. I know. Like, how excited do you get when you're making a sandwich and you just make it so good for yourself? <laughs> you know, you put a little extra effort in. You bought the good meat. You got oh, yeah. you got a you got a fresh bun. Mm. You just know that you are in for a delight once that thing bun, is finished. The bun can make or break it. It really can. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I used to live in Canmore, Alberta, and there's a sandwich shop there called Bella Carusta, and uh, he makes homemade focaccia bread every morning and. His hours are basically until he sells out. He has one called the Heartstopper. So it's fresh mm-hmm. focaccia, uh, salami, roast beef, ham, lettuce, tomato, onions, pickles, mozzarella. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I wonder if it would be as good if you went back or you've romanticized that sandwich so much since you left Alberta that it could never meet your expectations. No, it does. I've been back. Nice. It's that good. Happy Sandwich Day. Thank you. You too. Bye. (laughs)
<laughs> it's Taz and Jim. Hey, how you doing? You talk about National Sandwich Day? Yeah. I just want to give a shout-out to Witch's Witch Sandwich Shop in London, man. They have the best prime rib bacon sandwich ever. Prime rib and bacon. Oh, you can't go wrong. <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds good. Delish. Okay, enjoy your remaining days. If you're eating uh, a lot of prime rib and bacon, I don't know how much time you have left. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, thanks a lot. (laughs) They call it the saturated fat special. (laughs) (laughs) But that's why it's so delicious. I am starving right now. I know, everybody's like, stop talking about sandwiches. (laughs) The best is when you make a sandwich for work to bring to work with you, and you made such a good sandwich, you can't wait to eat it, so you (laughs) eat it at like, 9.30 9.30 in the morning. This sounds like foreshadowing, Taz. And then you have nothing left for lunch. <laughs> it is National Sandwich Day today, Jim. It is. Yeah. Hmm. Sandwich. One of, the, one of the all-time great culinary inventions, I'd say. I'm a big fan of the sandwich. How do you feel about them? Love sandwiches, obviously. Greatest yeah, sandwich ever invented. Which one uh, would you vote for? I gotta say the chicken club sandwich. Yeah. You get the chicken, the uh, tomato, I'm, going, I'm bacon. going turkey club. Turkey club, yeah, yeah. Because it's a little healthier? Because chicken's better than turkey. No. You have a comment? Hey, uh, you know the problem with your club sandwiches that you guys like so much? What's that? Is you have to add bacon to kill the taste of the chicken. So I go, just, I'm a turkey club. Okay, turkey, chicken, same white meat kind of thing. So what you got to do is just get rid of the stuff that you don't want to eat that you know is healthy and just go for like a, a BLT with lots of mayonnaise on there. Well, L and T are healthy things. Yes. And one could argue that you have to put lots of mayonnaise on to kill the taste of the, uh, the L and the T. No, they just blend. They blend. <laughs> Hey. Right? My mom made me eat turkey, and, you know, I said, if you want to make me eat turkey, put mayonnaise or bacon on it. So Yeah, I, you know, I, everyone's entitled to their opinion. The BLT <laughs> is a popular sandwich. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. That is the first time I've ever heard anybody say chicken is unpleasant. And like turkey. It's, it's like the easiest thing to eat ever. I think Mike needs to go see a psychologist to get over his deep-seated turkey and chicken trauma <laughs> from his childhood. <laughs> And you know what that noise means. Yes, we do now. (laughs) It is time for Taz and Jim's night noises with our friends from Sleep Country. You record your significant other making weird noises while they sleep. We play them on the radio. And if we do, we hook you up with a brand new Sleep Country sleep set featuring contour pillows, pillowcases, and some sheets. Jim, who do we have today? Who's our big winner? This entry is from Michelle West. Her husband's name wasn't included in the email, but this is her husband. And just imagine sleeping next to this every night. (laughs) It's a jackhammer! No way! Is that coming out of his nose or the other end? (laughs) (laughs) I hope his nose. Play it again. There, it kind of went up. It crescendoed there for the first time. (laughs) Taco (laughs) Tuesday. That is crazy. The sound is crazy. The volume is crazy. You nailed it, Taz, with the jackhammer. 
Yeah. It's like there's construction going on in her bedroom every night. It's very much like the woodpecker as well. <laughs> I think more I'd, annoying. I, yeah, I'd much rather sleep, try and sleep next to the woodpecker. It sounds like a sawzall on a loose 2x4. <laughs> you know, usually when somebody compares you to a jackhammer or a woodpecker in the bedroom, <laughs> it's a good thing. I'd prefer jackhammer over woodpecker, to be honest. <laughs> That's Michelle's husband. We didn't have the husband's name. But we do now. It's Justin. Hey, Justin. What's going on, boys? <laughs> Holy crap, man. Can you recreate that sound when you're awake? Not, not a chance. Did your wife tell you you were making a crazy noise and you didn't believe her at first? Justin? He's oh, not... I hit mute. Sorry, uh, He's yeah, not no sleeping. Problem. We would have heard it. I know I've been recording a lot of times, Squire. It's like a running joke. How far into the relationship did she realize that you made that noise when you sleep? Oh, I have no idea. You'd have to call her. You yeah. want a number? Because <laughs> <laughs> to me, like that, if if it was before the wedding, she's very brave to still yeah, go through with it. Have you consulted a doctor? I have. And what did they tell you? I'm all clear, apparently. So she doesn't trust them, but. Well, yeah, that's n- that, that's an all clear? No, apparently. <laughs> hey. like... I eat, sleep, work. <laughs> wow, man. Well, your wife just every night must be thinking in her head, please fall asleep before Justin. Please fall asleep <laughs> before happened. Justin. It never happened. So. I bet. I'm surprised you don't wake yourself up. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen, but I know of, so. I'm surprised you don't have, like, the, the bylaw people knocking on your door to find out if you have a permit for the construction. <laughs> you got the decibel meter out there. Yeah, yeah, be knocking on the door tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Okay. Well, who knows? Maybe the new sheets and pillowcases and pillows, the sleep set from Sleep Country, is the cure to your problem. Yeah, perfect. You may get we'll rid see. of it. I'll let you know. Oh, she'll let you know. Okay. Congratulations. <laughs> see you guys. Yeah. See you, buddy. <laughs> that is wild, man. <laughs> Taz and Jim, we like to keep you in the know, updated with scams that uh, people are trying to pull, just so if they ever try to make you a victim, you know to tell them to go pound the pavement, get out of here not fallen for it you know in the past we've talked about the revenue canada scam jim mm-hmm, yeah where uh, someone will call up say you owe money to revenue canada even though you don't yeah and you have to pay them in apple gift cards for some reason yeah we know the uh, the foreign lover that you start dating online right. scam is romance. a classic the romance yep. scams are big right now well uh just a heads up if somebody offers to sell you Aladdin's lamp for $120,000 Canadian, <laughs> it's most likely a scam. Really? Two men in India have been arrested for duping a doctor into buying Aladdin's lamp <laughs> for 7 million rupees, which is about $120,000 Canadian. They even conjured up the genie. No. <laughs> to prove that it was, in fact, uh, the real deal. <laughs> One of them then. <laughs> started playing Robin Williams. Prince Ali, <laughs> They had one of the men dress, dress as a genie. <laughs> yes! Um, and. Uh, <laughs> 
they convinced this guy that this was the real deal. Then he bought it. He got it home. He started rubbing the lamp. <laughs> the genie was nowhere to be seen, so he called the police. <laughs> He's rubbing the lamp. Where's the guy in the vest and the shoes that curl back? Yeah. <laughs> the wife of one of the men was also involved in the fraud. She's on the run right now. She oh, hasn't been arrested. Uh, the, when the man asked if he could touch the genie or take the lamp home, they refused, saying it might cause the genie harm. <laughs> so you're not allowed to touch it until we uh, get the money. And then when he got the money, it, it no longer worked. Oh, my God. This guy, like, it clearly, this is a doctor yeah. that they duped as well. Why would these guys need to sell a genie lamp? They could just ask for a thousand, like, a million dollars or a thousand more wishes. That is a good question to ask if anyone is ever trying to sell you a magical lamp, Jim. Yeah, yeah. That's question number one. They just got to be like, money doesn't buy happiness. Yeah, on the list. Oh, sorry, we already used up our three wishes. It is what it is. We really squandered them, and now we're hard <laughs> up for cash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but this doctor, if you're dumb enough to fall for this, it, it, the money should just be gone. <laughs> if, if, you if, know? if the scam is, is uh, crosses a line of certain ridiculousness, right. it's your own fault. A guy in a genie costume. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Some smoke, maybe. <laughs> Whoa! There he Ooh. is, the genie. Is this your chubby buddy? And he could be yours for, <laughs> for the low, low price of $120,000 Canadian. <laughs> Don't fall for it, people. My four-year-old son, my almost four-year-old son, Grayson, would not go to sleep last night, Jim. Yeah. Halloween candy induced. Clearly, we let him have way too much sugar. Yeah. Never seen him like this before. Was he going crazy? Crazy. <laughs> Throwing himself on the floor, screaming, yelling, like hitting himself in the head. Wow. Yeah. Just because I said it's time for bed. And it got to the point he we'd be in bed and he'd get out of bed and like run away. Like I'd be lying there with the book that I was reading him and he'd get out of the room, run and go to run downstairs and I'd have to chase after him. That happened three or four times. And I finally had to say something that I never thought I would say. If you don't stop it, I'm going to throw out the rest of your Halloween candy. Whoa. You know what? Yeah. That's a good threat, though. Well, I thought so, too. But he didn't believe me. So I had to physically go downstairs, take all the uh, candy that was in his little basket dump it into uh, a grocery bag, mm -hmm. tie it in a knot, and start walking towards the garage before he finally got the message <laughs> <laughs> that daddy might actually throw out my Halloween candy. Do you have a terrified look in his eyes? He's screaming. Like, you know that Jimmy Kimmel thing, I, I ate your Halloween candy, where the, the parents pretend they ate the kids? It was a thousand times worse than any reaction I've ever <laughs> seen on that. Oh, you should have filmed it. <laughs> yeah. Send it to old Jimmy. Play it at his wedding. <laughs> but uh, he, he, when I, I, so I put the candy in the garage and he finally believed me that I was going to throw it out. No, I don't want it. I don't want you to throw it out. We took him upstairs and now what do I do? <laughs> do I just keep doing that every night? I say. Or do I stop giving him candy and do I really throw it out? Do I give it to you? I know you're looking you for some, me. some Halloween candy. Then I won't be able to get to bed. Yeah. Just put a rule like no candy after five or no candy after three thirty or something like that. Uh, maybe it'll maybe it'll crash.
from the sugar high. I remember. I was traumatized as a kid. My dad told me I wasn't allowed to sneak chocolate chips out of the freezer, which was my thing back then. I was about probably seven years old, and I used to get up in the freezer and take the chocolate chips that my mom used for baking, Mm -hmm. and I put them in a little bowl, and I'd sneak somewhere in the house and eat them. And Halloween morning one year, my dad came downstairs. I had gotten up early in the morning to sneak some chocolate chips. And I was eating them behind the curtains in the living room. And the curtain whipped open. My dad's standing there in his tidy whiteies. And he said, you're not going trick-or-treating. I told you if you did this again, you're not going trick-or-treating. And old Peter, he he stood by his word. I didn't get to go trick-or-treating that year. Wow. Yeah. Devastating. So do I actually throw the candy out? And have my kid live with that for the rest of his life like I have. Here's a question. Did you stop eating chocolate chips? No. So I guess it didn't work anyway. That's so, true. Yeah, then, then I wouldn't. I try a different strategy. I just got more creative with my chocolate chip sneaking. <laughs> Hide behind the couch this time. <laughs> Being a parent is so rewarding. Excuse <laughs> me, I got to get this right. The lion dog face pony soldier. <laughs> he was only a good vice president. Because he understood how to kiss Barack Obama's ass. You should go out and vote. Look, Biden and his son are stone cold crooked. And you know it. Will you who shut is up, your, man. Listen, who is on your list, Joe? Keep yapping, man. The people understand, Joe. It's the U.S. show. 2020. I mean, it's the end of the U.S. I mean, it's the, the 2020 presidential election. Yeah, it's not our election, but did you know there's approximately 6.5 million U.S. voters living abroad, many of them in Canada, and there's an organization called Democrats Abroad, it's the DNC State Party for all U.S. citizens living outside the United States. One of its members, Gina Brummett, joins us this morning. Hi, Gina. Hi, how's it going? Yeah, pretty good. Are you ready for a long day? Oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, uh, better today than uh, tomorrow. I mean, let's get this done. Over 50% of American citizens saying that today is going to be the most stressful day of their lives. Do you agree with that? I Probably I would agree with that, yes, yes. But you know what? Here, here in Canada, we're doing really, really well. Democrats Abroad is doing amazing. And um, I can tell you that in just 2020 that Ontario has increased 40% of our engagement, of our chapter's growth. And in London, we've increased over 40% just in 2020. So we've got over 80% engagement globally with Democrats abroad. So, I mean, I think we're doing pretty well. You're not actually going to vote today. I'm assuming you you put your vote in the mail weeks ago. That's correct, yes, yes. And And I've made sure that that mine's been counted already, too. Yeah, you can do that. So you have confidence because I know uh, the president, the current president, Donald Trump, has been talking a lot about how uh, you can't trust the post office. It's it's all rigged. uh, Well, that could be rigged. (laughs) You feel confident that your vote will be counted. Yes, absolutely. And I can tell you in Virginia, which is the state I vote out of, um, Biden is a leader by almost 12 percent. And uh, 538 has run a bunch of different simulations, and they run it 40,000 times to see who would win the most. And in Virginia, Trump wins only one in 100. Biden wins 99 in 100. Yeah, but this is kind of what happened in 2016. Nobody thought Trump was going to win, and everyone had to, 
you know, backpedal or uh, have a nervous breakdown when it actually happened. Are you worried that you're getting a little too overconfident, putting too much trust in these polls and these numbers that are coming out before the the actual election is over? Well, I think for me, um, we've closely watched the campaign as well, the two campaigns. And I mean, Trump is running on fear and uh, threats and Biden's run a solid, pretty drama free campaign. And, you know, he stayed calm and pretty quiet and let Trump take the headlines. Well, he just demonstrated confidence. So I think um, that if you, you know, compare this to before with Hillary, it's just it's a little bit it's a little bit different in a sense, because, you know, um, I guess, you know, Well, we'd like the margin of victory to be outside the margin of litigation. That's what we'd like to see. Um, And um, the, you know, when we were dealing with uh, the Hillary thing, we had a less popular candidate. We had a, um, we had a lot of, you know, there were a lot of people that were saying a lot of negative things. And I know Trump is, but you know, um, it was it's not as contested between the two candidates as it was before, or or ultimately like going back to Al Gore and George W. Bush, you know, in two thousand. The world waited for 36 days after the election to see who was going to win. Yeah, well, they're saying that um, could happen again. You may not know until December who the president's going to be for the next four years. That is possible. It's not impossible. I'm certainly not putting all my chickens in one basket, you know, or eggs in one basket, rather. Um, But, you know, the factors that worked to Trump's favor in 2016, like um, there was error in the polling, there was a lot of undecided, and uh, Hillary was just a less popular opponent, are unlikely to be as beneficial for him in 2020. He's going to need all those factors to happen again, but um, and uh, his potential vote um, to be greater than before. We're talking, so to not, G- we're talking to Gina Brummett, sorry. Democrats abroad, she's a member of that organization. She's an American Democrat living in Canada. Gina, what if, though? What are you going to do? Because you don't have the luxury that most Americans have of saying, oh, if Trump wins again, I'm going to move to Canada because you already live here. (laughs) So what would the game plan be or how will you react personally if Donald Trump is the president again? Wow. I'm going to move to Greenland. (laughs) <laughs> Get a little further north? Well, I'll tell you, Canada's a little too close, isn't it? No. You know, I don't know if it's a luxury for people to say that they want to move to Canada because not not everyone realistically can move to Canada. In fact, as you know right now, I mean, Americans can't come across the border for the most part because oh, of thank COVID. thank God. <laughs> <laughs> hey! <laughs> oh, right. There's some already here. Darn. <laughs> no, it's because it's because COVID. Yeah, COVID, COVID. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think I think that for me, I've got so much family living in Virginia and in Colorado. My sister Angie's in Virginia. My my cousins are all in Colorado. I've got other other family living around different parts of the U.S. And I'm really fearful for them. I'm less fearful for us here in Canada because you know um, you know we try to get along with the U.S. Our our Prime Minister Trudeau. I mean he's he's going to work with whoever the president is. So in terms of how it affects us, I think it's going to affect us in Canada more in terms of the economy and defense and trade, you know, so, you know, but um, I think that for the Americans that are living down there, four years could be interminable if, if, um, if they um, are, are dealing with Trump for another four years. And I really think that potentially, you know, he needs, he needs to come out on top in close races in Ohio and Georgia and overturn deficits in Florida and North Carolina. 
Um, he's, you know, he's, he's. I'm warning you, Arizona. Gina. Don't get too confident. I'm Listen, not, don't make the I'm same not, mistake buddy. that you I'm guys not. made four years ago. <laughs> I'm I, not. I hope you've grown your fingernails out because I have a feeling that you and many Democrats going to be chomping down on those things tonight <laughs> as you watch the results roll in. Gina Brummett from Democrats Abroad. Thanks for joining us here with Taz and Jim. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your interest. Excuse me, I got to get this right. You're a lying dog faced pony soldier. <laughs> he was only a good vice president because he understood how to kiss Barack Obama's ass. You should go out and vote. Look, Biden and his son are stone cold crooked. And you know it. Will you who shut is up, on, man. Listen, who is on your list, Joe? Keep yapping, man. The people understand, Joe. It's the U.S. Show 2020. I mean... It's the end of the USA. I mean, it's the uh, 2020 presidential election. Yeah, they're going to the polls down in the U.S. of A. And many votes cast from outside the United States. There's only there's over 6.5 million U.S. voters living around the world outside of the U.S. And many of them here in Canada. And many of those. Republicans. We're joined by Mark Fiegenbaum. He is a member of Republicans Abroad. Good morning, Mark. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, great to speak with you. We spoke with a member of Democrats Abroad earlier in the show, and we all know back in 2016, many Democrats kind of spiked the football before they crossed the, uh, <laughs> the, into the end zone. Um, no matter what they say, the Democrats are nervous today. How are you and your Republican friends feeling? Well, we're also kind of, it's, it's going to be close. I don't think anyone is denying that. Um, if you remember, there was 80,000 votes uh, amongst three states, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Ohio, that basically changed the election. So it's a very small number, and uh, every vote really counts. Are you uh, a, a Trump guy? Are you confident with Trump? Do you think he is the best candidate that the uh, GOP has right now? Well, he's the, he's the one that we do have right now, and uh, he's the guy who's going to lead us uh, for another four years, it looks like. And you're satisfied with what he's done in the past four years? Well, I mean, uh, there's always room for improvement everywhere, but I think he's going to do a better job than the vice president would. And, uh, and we need someone who's strong on uh, low on taxes, economics, and, and whatever to get us out of the pandemic when it, when it ends. You voted uh, through the mail. Uh, Trump has been talking about how the mail is not reliable. It's not a good way to vote. Are you confident that your vote will be counted? Well, yeah, I guess we have to have faith in our system or else it doesn't work. So there's, it's just a massive amount of uh, early voting this year, and, um, and it's, it's remarkable. And I don't know how that will affect the voting on Election Day, but it's, uh, it's a lot to process, and I'm, I'm really hoping that everything goes smoothly. Well, you say you got to have faith in in the system, but when you, the guy who is leading the system is saying that the system is flawed and it's rigged against him, as a Republican, how does that make you feel? Well, I'm hoping uh, he brought attention to something and they make sure they're, they're, it does work out okay, I guess, and, and uh, to make people more cautious about making sure it's fair. What do you think is actually going to happen tonight? Do you think they will announce a winner? Do you think it's going to take weeks is it going to be contested? Or are there going to be riots? Like, what kind of mess are we going to wake up to tomorrow morning? Um, my best guess is there's not going to be a winner tonight. It's going to be too close in a few states um, that uh, it just won't be able to be counted. Uh, Pennsylvania has gotten authority to count for three extra days, so um, I'm guessing Friday we'll know. But um, I'm hoping there's not riots. I mean, we have to understand that even in the last election, there's going to be about 50% of the people that are 
not going to be happy. So whoever wins, it's going to be about 50-50. So hopefully everyone gets together and just goes behind the leader that the majority elected. What is the reaction that Canadians give you when you tell them that you're an American and you're a Republican? I know there's, a, in Ontario especially, a lot of liberals around here. Um, are they friendly when they find out that you're a Republican? Well, um, well, I like I love having political discussions with uh, people in, in a, in a non dramatic way. I mean, I like to discuss policy and things like that. So I'm yeah. not really, um, you know, I, I don't get involved in, in other kinds of <laughs> discussions. But uh, you know, I think people are, are pretty interested in how the process works and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, there's my my issue with how divided everything is right now is that people are flawed, and whoever you have in the White House, they're not going to be perfect. And mm-hmm. if you put all your ultimate faith in one person as opposed to policies and uh, uh, what the party stands for, then I think you're, you're really getting into some, uh, some rough waters. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and that's why I guess I was kind of disappointed in the first debate because I really wanted to hear some of the answers to the questions, and it just turned into talking over people. And, and, right. um, and, and again, I'm more interested in how each person wants to, to lead the country and what their plan is. And, and there's been um, not as much of that during this uh, campaign as because as, it's not as much entertainment value to watch that, <laughs> I guess, as well, right? Yeah, they want the ratings. They want WWE wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are you going to do if the Democrats end up winning tonight, if Joe Biden is the new president, Kamala Harris is the vice president? Uh, what, what is the Republican plan from there, do you think? Well, either way, there's going to be, in the next election, a new person, so I think they're going to have to regroup and, and find a new leader. But it also really depends on how the Senate works out. I, I, think, it, um, I think the Senate's going to stay Republican, which is, is really important, and a lot of the governorships. And, and so it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of focus on those elections as well. Are you going to be drinking tonight, Mark? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think we're going to be getting to the point where we need to be nervous at the end of tonight. I think it's going to come down to it's all about even except for about four states. So, Well, you could pop some champagne and celebrate. I didn't say anything about <laughs> yeah, being nervous. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, if we sweep all 50 like a, or a 49 like in 1980, it'll be something different. But. All right. Well, thank you for joining us and uh, enjoy your long day watching the results come in. Mark uh, Fiegenbaum is with Republicans Abroad. We appreciate your time on this Thanks election day. Me. I'm happy to be uh, to be watching this uh, this all from the balcony, aren't you, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> like the old guys from uh, Muppets. Yeah, there's a couple of smart Alex sitting in the balcony mm-hmm. watching this, uh, this interesting election in the United States. It's like being at a, uh, a punk show and sitting in the balcony. There's a crazy mosh pit right underneath you but you know you're not at risk of getting punched in the face. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, maybe in my younger days I'd be down there, but not <laughs> worth it. Not no. worth it. Or it's kind of like living next to a house where you hear yelling and screaming all the time and, like, dishes smashing, and you're thinking, maybe I should call the cops, and then you're like, ah, do I really want to get involved in this? Then <laughs> you meet the people outside, and they seem so nice. Yeah, they seem so nice, but then they go back in the house, and they're yelling and screaming at yeah. each other. They can't get along. Should I call that? No. They'll know it was me. <laughs> Then I'm part of it. I don't want to be part of it. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump making his closing argument as to why he should be reelected as president of the United States to some voters in Pennsylvania yesterday. It's good ball. How about LeBron? I felt badly for LeBron. I felt very badly. Down 71 percent. 
The cha- and that's for the champion. I didn't watch one. I didn't watch one shot. I get bored. Back, forth, back, forth. You know what? When they don't respect our country, when they don't respect our flag, nobody wants to watch. Nobody. And the NFL is way down. The NFL is way down. You got to stand for our flag. You got to really be great to our flag and to our anthem. And if you don't do that, we're not watching. What a crowd. LeBron James sucks. How about that? LeBron James sucks. Chance the crowd yesterday in Pennsylvania. But the guy who won the championship, <laughs> MVP. One of, the, one of the undisputed greatest, if not the greatest player of all time. <laughs> I, like, sucks. I like how Trump says he doesn't like basketball because they go back and forth too much. <laughs> That's why he likes golf, because everybody just goes forward. Yeah, you keep moving <laughs> in the same direction. Once you turn around and come back. Anyways, <laughs> I, I found that quite comical. Um, we have a song here. This was written by a Taz and Jim listener who goes by the name, I don't know if this is his real name, Cosmo Beer. Hmm. It could be a stage name, but Cosmo Beer sent us an email with an audio file attached. It says, I have written a song for your show, guys. It's called Trumpify Me. Could you please play it? Well, we haven't heard this yet. We don't know if it's a pro-Trump song, if it's anti-Trump, somewhere in between. But I thought we'd play it on the air here and uh, and kind of react together for the first time. You ready for it, Jim? I, th- I I don't know what to expect. Let's go. Okay, here we go. Trumpify me. Trumpify me. Trumpify me, Donald. Take my brain like a head. It's just been hollowed Trumpify me Urify me Donald La 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 After lie Pee 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 We have died News is fake Truth is fake My face looks like an orange cake Abuse your power, golden shower. <laughs> Trumpify them. Kind of beautiful. Trumpify those walls. Your Make face looks like an orange cake. Niagara Falls. Some good rhymes. Trumpify me. Gropify me. Don't. Church for my photo op. Any questions? Any question? That's a really stupid question. <laughs> so is that pro or anti-Trump? I, I can't I'm tell. I'm gonna go anti. Oh, okay. I, I, I was picking up anti. What were you picking <laughs> of course, up? Of course. I think it was slightly negative. As soon as I heard your face looks like an orange cake, I was like, all right, this is not a this is not a Trump campaign song. Well, who doesn't love orange cake? That's true. Sounds uh, delicious. Orange cake is good. News is fake. Truth is fake. My face looks like an orange cake. 
Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.